0: Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome. This is the Podcaster Community Show, short conversations that are not just about podcasting, because I like to take the scenic route. My guest today is Matthew Wordbane. Welcome, Matthew.
1: Thanks, Craig. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm delighted that you, I feel like it was sort of, I I, I said the very first contact, Hey, would you like to? And you were like, Yes, and you appeared in my schedule. And I'm like, Oh, I love serendipity people who are just like, Sure, I'll jump in the pool. And when I started looking at uh, this morning, as I was looking through some of your work, I found, I don't want to give away too many details because we might not talk about everything, but I found music. I found um, some photography. I actually found, I had to go pretty far, but I found some writing. I found um, not a lot going on on LinkedIn, which I'm applauding. I'm not a big fan of social media. And I'm just wondering, what is it about um, audio. So like the idea of podcasts and playing the piano, these are two very different things, but I kind of feel like even your photography, there's something either the photography is related to music and audio, or there's something else that I don't have my finger on yet. That is like a through line through these things. So what is it that maybe ties, like what's the through line for the different mediums that you're creating in?
1: that's a really wonderful question and i'm fascinated that you um are finding or sensing at least a link between something visual that i do and the notion of just audio um i think that for me what comes up is the link would be just recording um in this in the sense mm-hmm. of a, a, yeah, ph- a phot- photograph is a right yeah. it's like it's a, is a recording of a visual recording of a moment um at a place um, I have, I have, I identify first and foremost as an artist in mm-hmm. terms of roles or whatever. Um, and just down from their recording artist, um, and,
0: uh, and now you mean recording as in, in general, not recording as in an audio recording artist.
1: Well, that's just it. Usually when we hear the term recording artist, we're talking about Beyonce or we're talking, you know, and <laughs> so and, and, and yes, totally. She's a recording artist and I'm using a, a I'm, I'm sort of playing with the word recording there and mm. that I'm also a recording artist when I'm foraging for photographs with my camera, you know? Mm. Um, and there's something about documentation that I think is where I, began with that, like this sense of having or making a record of something.
0: Yeah. Um, I saw a photo it was like last house standing. I think it was it was, it was just a picture. I mean, I mean yeah. if you're if people are really artsy, they're like, it's a picture of a house, dude. I'm like, yeah, but you but I, I wondered like why. Why did you capture that? And oh well it makes perfect sense because if you're starting from a place of recording, then that would be the kind of image that's your that's your uh comfy place.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's interesting because I'm that that piece is 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 um, an example of what's sort of developed as a, a I don't know if the right term is medium or genre. Maybe it's a genre where a couple of mediums combine. Mm. Um, but I I I'll, I'll take photographs and then I edit them and then I choose the ones that I like the most and I. Set them in a Scrivener document for one day at a time mm. um, for a daily's feed. And then I go through and I'll write a poem from each of the photographs. And so one of those gets published every day. And so there's a, it's hard to tell where the process begins, like, because on a certain level, the poetry is already present when I'm walking around with my camera, I'm just not thinking about it.
0: It's not, it's not, uh, not, I was going to say verbalized, but what I meant was it's not converted to verbs and text and stuff. Uh, Before we wander too far, where do you publish those dailies, the imagery and the poetry?
1: Great. Um, I, in, in two, in three places, Um, on my website, which is sacredterrain.com. Also, it appears first on the internet, on my Patreon account, which is Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't know. The URL, but if you search, <laughs> if you put my full name Matthew Wordbain in quotation marks and search for whichever platform it is that I mentioned, you should find me. You should find it, uh, and there's so no
0: hyphen. It's three separate words. Three listeners. separate <laughs> words. Yes. <laughs> and well, let's be clear. So Bain is is a uh, W O R D space B A I N. and That's yes right. If you uh, if you type in those three words, Google's like here here here. It'll take you to Patreon. It'll take you to um, your website. Cool. Um, but I wanted to interrupt you to make sure that I got in here. I'm wondering if the, like, how cognizant you are. I mean, it strikes me as like really cognizant. But I'm wondering in the moment when you're pointing your camera, or in the moment when you sit down and you like, okay, poem, write. Are you thinking about the big picture, or are you more of I like the the pointillist metaphor, which is kind of how I think I create. Is like I'm not looking at anything. I'm just like sticking a dot on the proverbial can, canvas. Um, so when you're doing photography or recording an audio piece or a podcast or whatever, how cognizant are you of the big? um, process versus just small process focused.
1: I, I mean, the way, the way I want to answer that is, is both. Um, there's i I've been learning a lot about, um, the bi-hemispherality of the brain, which is to say right brain, left brain, um, specifically through the work of Dr. Ian McGilchrist. Um, and one of the things he talks about is, um, The coincidence of opposites and so this is an old concept or principle it's present throughout alchemy and all these other contexts but he's he also talks about it specifically in terms of the right brain and the left brain and that these two sides of the brain they're both contributing to language to everything we do but they go about processing or dealing with that process in different ways and so what you're pointing to is to me showing up as you know the parts, the points is a left brain phenomenon. the whole picture is a right brain phenomenon. My hope is my intention is, and my feeling is that um, they're both present at the same time. Mm. It's hard to really it's hard for me to differentiate. I can say like, you know, yes, right now I'm writing a poem, but I'm also not just dealing with individual words. I'm kind of opening to for something to for what wants to happen to find its way through me, essentially
0: yes, please. Can we get people (laughs) in the world to do more of that? Uh, I was torn between being distracted by my own process of like, how do I do it? But that makes me wonder if somebody just went, wait, what? (laughs) Are there particular mediums where that might be easier for someone to try it? Like, I'm guessing that you know each medium would have a a leaning like this is, I don't know Dilly, but my guess is that particular mediums have a leaning that they that they tend to happen more in one side of the brain or the other I could be completely wrong about that I'm not uh an, I'm not artistically trained um and I'm just wondering like should we say write poetry or is a better gateway record podcast because I'm thinking oh audio maybe audio is really good at making people engage with the bigger picture. I'm just wondering, like, are there thoughts you have about Mm -hmm. which mediums lead to this type of thinking or more readily lead to this type of thinking?
1: I I think it's probably really individually dependent in a number of ways. One thing that comes up is that um, in the West we tend to have been trained in disembodiment Mm -hmm. as part of the cultural context. And if in, if we can learn to drop awareness from the head and the cognition and rational thinking and all of that down into the body, we don't have to let go of thinking. That's what people seem to be afraid of. It's like, what, you know, what What if I stop thinking? It's like, that's not a problem and it's not going to (laughs) happen. Um, but if I'm able to drop down into, um, being present within my body like, for instance, while I'm having a conversation with you, then um, I I don't know how to speak to that in terms of right brain, left brain. But in terms of what you're pointing to, I think that um, that can be something that happens in a podcasting context. It can be something that happens, for instance, when I'm taking photographs, I'm walking around. And so I'm that yeah. just that ambulation is a ambulation is a, yeah, is a my m- body. mode of
0: thinking, right?
1: Right, and so and I feel to me like I'm dancing with the place I'm in, and I'm not leading, right? So I, and so I'm I'm not the leading partner in the dance, and so I'm surrendering to what my senses are picking up on in the space, um, and so I, I don't know how directly that answers your question, but that's what comes up for me. And you can see that like different people, some people are really up in their head and they're not going to leave. And, and so they're going to, when they are podcasting, they're going to do it in a certain way. If they were to learn to drop down into their body, or if there's someone else who's just already living in their body and also experiencing cognition, there's going to be two different ways of going about it. And I'm not sure there may well be like some mediums that are more, um, amenable to a certain way.
0: Um, but I'm just that- wondering about conversation. Before we hit. Uh, before I hit the big red button, we were talking a little bit about conversation, and that's like my bag. I, I'd love to talk about that. I'd love to work on that. I'd love to try and teach it. And I'm now thinking, oh, well, I hadn't really thought, as like everything we've said so far, 10 minutes, eight seconds in, I hadn't really thought about conversation. I mean, I know it's creative, but I hadn't really thought of it like, let me zoom out. I do think about. I want to go in and create a good conversation. It requires two people or three people, but but I'm very comf- cognizant of that. But I hadn't really thought of that as like that's creative, like making a painting, because to me conversations are usually for most people ephemeral. I'm doing them recorded, but I'm just suddenly thinking, I wonder if more people should be con- and Matthew's nodding along. More, more people should be considering the creative nature of. Just two people talking to each other, setting aside podcasting for a moment. Um, Have you played with that? Like, because everything else you mentioned so far is a solo creative endeavor. All the ones you've mentioned specifically, but conversation is usually at least two people, sometimes three. Have you played with conversation as part of your creative toolbox? Maybe
1: all the time. (laughs) So I mean, it's it's it's, shorter questions. Great. Well, you you ask really (laughs) wonderful questions. I mean, it's it's um you've just. I'm homed in on something uh, specific that's that's appropriate to talk about in a conversation about it. Well, in a podcast that I know is not only about podcasting right. <laughs> but also is about podcasting. Jason, I always <laughs> say Jason, <adjacent. Man>
0: tangential <laughs> from podcast.
1: I I have been for the past two years. The pandemic was an opportunity for me to step out of social isolation in a geographical space mm-hmm. into. A, just an enormous amount of new social connection in a virtual space. And so I've developed really significant friendships over the past several years. Um, and I've never been in the same place with any of these people. Right. <laughs> and so, right. um, and that is of course happened. Well, maybe not, of course, it's happened on a discourse platform on several discourse platforms, but also in a lot of time spent on zoom calls. And so, mm. um, I am very blessed with friends who are game for weekly two or three hour zoom calls that are often focused around a particular sort of content. There's a context for each of them, but there's, but there's, so that's more like a container that can hold a liquid that can slosh around and do mm. what it wants. Right. And so um, more recently, um, one of those contexts has um, sort of given rise to a podcast project that's still in Coate. It's not, there's not a podcast to go listen to yet. Um, and we're on a schedule with it, which is organic and, you know, um, given our own needs in terms of scheduling and stuff. Um, but we have recorded a couple of episodes. And it's me and two other people, <coughs> Amanda Judd and Emma J. Lopez. Um, and the podcast is going to be called An Emergent Sea. Which you might notice sounds like an emergency, <laughs> um, and that's—I uh, don't know if I'd say it's on purpose, but it's—but <laughs> it's not a coincidence, um, and uh, and so this is a space that we've um, that we're creating in the container of a podcast where um, we begin with uh, nervous system co-regulation, um, which would just sound and maybe feel like a guided meditation. To someone Mm. listening, and the listener can, you know, the idea is that the listener can go through that or just tune out, but, um, but it's a way for us to get, um, the intention really is on on the level of nervous system. And, and so it's, we're always co regulating when we're in conversation with people, but this is a way of doing that intentionally, um, for the sake of nervous system resilience and getting to a good Mm. sort of, um, unactivated state for having a conversation. So a foundation essentially for the nervous system.
0: Hmm. Um, okay, stop, stop, stop. Yes. I got nine things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is gonna be rough. Um first of all, co-regulating, I love that's a brilliant observation. It's it's hard, not impossible, it's hard to do when you're on a Zoom call. And it's one of the things that I love most about recording long form podcasts in person. And that's the thing I say to people all the time is like, it's it's just not the same. When you get in the same room with someone I hadn't ever really thought about pointing out the co-regulation parts, I think that's a very, you just like touched that very briefly, but that's a deep insight about one of the things that as podcasters, we set ourselves up. I say this a lot. Podcasting over the internet is really hard. And because it's really difficult to co-regulate, even if, even if you didn't know that you should be doing that, then it's even harder. Um, so the co-regulating, it's a, I'm glad you touched on that. The other thing that like leapt into my head is uh, if you've ever heard of, um, I believe it's Hugh McLeod, it's called Gaping Void, G-A-P-I-N-G-V-O-I-D.com, a brilliant artist, long story. I believe it's Hugh who talks about things called social objects. And uh, Crash Course, is he's talking about, yes, we're sitting and we're having a conversation, but it works much better if we have something to figuratively hold between us and talk about. Like, how about the football game? And then we can have a conversation. We're not necessarily really talking about football. We're not going to discover anything new about football, but it gives the two of us a touch point, something that we can refer to. So my question from all all of that is, do you intentionally create social, maybe you never thought of social objects per se, but do you intentionally create things thinking, I hope that this photograph of last house standing, or I hope that this piano recording, or I hope that this pack, all these things, are you intentionally imagining that people will pick them up and do the human cloud, social object thing with them?
1: Interesting. I think my, the, the attention. I haven't thought about that, so I guess I haven't had that intention. <laughs> At least not I'm sorry. intentionally. <laughs> if I just gave you um, another thing to do, oh. Well, no, <laughs> it's great because I'll tell you what my intention is, though. And, it, and it's certainly there's room for that to happen. And it, sometimes it happens then in conversation if people respond to my work. So then mm. we get into a conversation about it, and it might be a social object in that way. But what, I've, what I'm intending to do is invite people into a relationship with the unknown. Um, and so that's where um you know I talk about um I use Nora Bateson's phrase uh, ne- restoring necessary blur um and that you know, on one level is a reference to stochastic resonance which is a way in which you can add noise to increase the intelligibility of a low signal um which is paradoxical I love some paradox and so um
0: Yeah, yeah you like please hide the patterns that aren't really there right that's that what you're really <laughs> right. doing Yeah that's good um I'm glad you, I noticed and I had forgotten that I noticed that you, you actually mentioned that in, I believe it's your medium posts and there's a tagline somewhere that talked about that. And I, I refrain from writing things down to be questions that I want to ask. And that was something I was like, I hesitated. I'm like, Oh, I really should. So I'm glad you got to that. So can you just say it again? So we have the phrase. Like which like,
1: when necessary restoring necessary blur or the yes. stochastic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, because it, it yes. adds.
1: Sto- stochastic resonance. Right. Okay. Yeah. So to make sure
0: that's interesting. So people were like, yeah. "Well, you don't have to remind, or you can hear it twice." Um, that's super interesting to me. Um, yeah. Now I'm wondering. The for me, I I often say when when if asked that the success, my definition of success for pod for my podcast is not per show, it's per individual episode, and it's if one person listening to one of the things that I created goes and has a conversation with the person that I was talking to. Like uh, to me, it's like first order is me having conversations. And second order is like all those other conversations. And I can't have all those. There's too many of them. It's not enough time. And that's, I, I kind of think about it. Like each of these things I'm creating is meant to be a social object that people would then go uh, engage around or communicate around. I'm not, not saying 10,000 people will love this episode, but if one person is going, wait, what? And they're like searching frantically and may- taking notes. I'm like, And to talk to you, not to me or or to their friend. um, That's what I like about, like, what people say, why are you recording? Like, why not just have cool conversations, Craig? Why press record? Because it makes everything so hard. And my answer is because the thing that gets created, I can set it down and I can do 300 of them and set them all down and leave them like little Easter eggs um, for the world. But. that's my diatribe about social objects. Um, anything else Well, yeah. I'll like get a your harken, head the last- <laughs> I want to
1: harken back to something you had said about co-regulation that, um, so I appreciate what you're saying about being able to record a podcast in person and how there's something there, um, when you're, co- when you're co-present in a space with someone, someone that's not present online. However, um, in terms of what's actually happening in the body as we're, like what the mechanisms of co-regulation mm-hmm. are, um, two really salient aspects of that are the muscles of the inner ear that allow us to um, understand human speech. Um, It's what, you know, when you hear your name across a crowded room, like that's what's happening. You're, Mm. you're attuned through that really precision um, mechanism of, of hearing. And, um, but prosody, which is to say the melody of speech The musical aspects of um, speech—that is what; um, those are cues of safety when that prosody is present. If you've got a monotone in a high pitch and a loud volume, or a low pitch and a loud volume, that's the opposite of prosody, and your nervous system is going to respond to threat when you when you encounter that. But 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 a conversation between people who are getting along is going to be prosodic, and likewise on a Zoom call, which in a podcast you're not getting the visual component. But you and I, even though we're just recording audio, can see each other. Right. And so we are our nervous systems are picking up on the reading the striated muscles of the face, the, the muscles that that generate expression. And I'm you're smiling as we talk, we're we're getting along, and so I'm getting this feedback. We are that's where the co-regulation is happening. And so then somebody who listens to our conversation is getting the advantage of our seeing each other's faces, even if they're not, because it's coming through also through the prosody. It's feeding into the prosody. Um, And so my experience with podcasting originally was as a listener for a very long time, starting in probably 2006 or something like that. Um, And through the years, as I started going through um, healing from trauma um, and learning about how the nervous system works so that I could have a more resilient nervous system through getting into a relationship with my own nervous system consciously. I have used podcasts as a way to, um, it's like sort of a positive distraction. I tend Mm. to work alone. um, and then it's easy if I get off, if I get triggered, then I can wind up in this perseveration cycle and I need to do something to keep to bring that back. And if I'm listening to someone reading an audio book, even better having a conversation in a podcast, I'm, I can participate in that relationship or my nervous system has access to the co-regulation of that mm. relationship. And I'm able to, to keep my, my, my nervous system as a result stays better regulated.
0: Right, and so that's one of the yourself. things yeah. that I,
1: one of the hidden values of podcasting, I think.
0: I find that super interesting because I often yap about the magic of two people having a conversation and there's magic in audio. And I think you've, touched on and unpacked for me the beauty of this is it's recorded so i can listen to unpack for me a couple of like really concrete things that i can think about how does what i do cause or hamper those particular effects brilliant um matthew as much as i hate to say it with everybody um i think it's a good place for us to stop today so thank you very much for taking the time it was my pleasure
1: my pleasure as well really really enjoyed it today thanks craig